You're listening to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Biff Lathrop. Hey, and welcome back to SCGA Off the Hosel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by the man in charge, Biff Lathrop. Biff, how are you? I'm doing well, AK. I hope everybody's doing well out there in radio land. Yeah, yeah. Biff and I are recording this right now in Raleigh, North Carolina at the NC State Hotel at the Southeastern Regional Conference. It's pretty up here, man. I've it is. I've been up here before. You just gave a speech, didn't you? Yeah, I got to talk to our superintendents. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, again, the opportunity to get in front of them and, and uh, say some words of encouragement and thank you for everything they do for not only us, but for the golf industry itself and, and for, for all you folks listening at your home clubs to appreciate what your superintendents are doing because yeah. they're doing a lot of things you don't see on a regular basis. And and, and, and majority of it is all good and, and trying to make things better for everyone involved. So I'm going to run down the list of what they're actually talking about. Not in heavy, but labor challenges, autonomous mowers, the women's open coming to North Carolina next year. Uh, turf grass diagnostic, diagnostic lab review. I mean, so these guys – you it know. gets deep. It's not it just does. growing grass. Everybody no. thinks they grow grass and cut grass. I mean, right. water issues, you know, oh, yeah. all the le- legislative issues that they're dealing with. I mean, they were a big part of – and us and other associations were a big part of keeping this game going during the pandemic. So True. It was, a, it was a group effort. Y'all fought hard. We fought real hard. And, and it was worth every, every, every bit of the fight. But it was, a, it was a group effort. We couldn't have done it by ourselves. They couldn't have done it by themselves. No, and if we don't wrap this up, we're going to miss the critical disease management for the Carolina yeah, I've been talk. I've looking that all yeah. day long. Uh so anyway, what what's gone on since we were last here? So we moved, since we guys got together, we had our uh, one of our biggest events of the year. It's a fundraiser for the Junior Golf Association. It's our Partners Championship. Uh, we did it this year at Spring Valley in Windermere. We had 100 two-man teams. Wow! Over the course of two days, we split them into two divisions. Yeah. They play one course one day, play the other course the other day, that day, and then they we flip flop them and we flight them into three. So it was six flights when it's all said and done. And uh, Captain's Choice the first day. A Texas scramble the second day, which is select drive, and then you both play your balls from that from that tee ball that you pick. Yeah. Um, in the tournament division, and they played the tournament division played Spring Valley, then they played Windermere. Uh, the Andrew Burks and Thomas Ray from Fort Mill shot up 61, 63, 124. Wow. That's good to take the tournament division. It's really good. You ain't heard nothing yet. Okay. Um, so in the championship division, and they played Windermere the first day, then went over to uh, Spring Valley the second day. Uh, Mr. Sam Jackson and Zach Harold, two members out there at the Country Club of Lexington. Former junior golfers. Former junior golfers. They put them up a little 57 the first day in Captain's Choice. What? Two of them. Three eagles on their one round in really? 57. Now, they're good guys. Too. Good. They're not they're kids anymore. They're great guys. Yeah. And then, they, then, you know, it's one thing to go out there and shoot 57. I don't care the format. I don't care the tees. Yeah. They turn around the next day, go to Spring Valley, best uh, do the Texas scramble and shoot 63 on that ball. So Man. Uh, 57, 63, 120. I haven't had time to get in there to see if that's a record yet, but I yeah. got to believe it is. I bet. Uh, so I that bet was it, it was good to have them out there. Like you said, good good guys, good 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 golf, and uh, yeah, and a good opportunity. I, th- I want to thank Spring Valley and Windermere for for having us. That was a a shotgun start on a weekend that just happened to be 75 degrees one day and 80 the next. So yeah, <laughs> uh, of course nobody knew that six months ago when we were able to get it scheduled. But that that's they, right. they continue to support us, and we we appreciate their efforts on that. You got lucky. The following weekend was cold this past weekend. Yeah, and then we had my tournament was the next weekend, the one I was at most of the time. The, uh, <laughs> we did the Palmetto Cup this past Sunday and Monday. Okay. And, um, you know, the Palmetto Cup is us bringing in 14 of our top amateurs versus 14 of the South Carolina's top PGA pros, uh, club pros. And, um, you know, they, they beat us last year. Right. 
they beat us by three. And so we had a little redemption this year. We were at Wood Creek. Uh, Clem King was the host professional out there for us. And we got out there on that Sunday and uh, had a good day. It was cold and windy, but we managed to get around. We yeah. played late enough in the afternoon, had a great dinner that night, celebrated golf and all, all everything that we all do together. Right. And then the next day we finished up. And when it was all said and done, the amateurs got the cup back. We took a 25 to 17 point victory. There you go. Uh, each match we play is a, a point on the front, a point on the back, and a point overall. So a total of 42 points, and we got 25 of them. So the cup Man. is back in possession. Congratulations. We're excited. I was excited. I was excited for our guys. Yeah. They get pumped about this thing. They earn their way. You know, we don't. Oh, yeah. Hap's old system of the point system was he points at you, and he points at you, and he points at you, and you're in. Well, we actually use our, our player of the year point system. So these guys work at it, they look at it throughout the year. And, that's funny, man. The we look forward system. to it each year, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so so busy couple weekends there, and then it just it just keeps on going. This this upcoming weekend, or, or this actually will be the weekend after or before this airs. Yeah. Um, Joe Quitt's got his Can-Am matches down there at Watchesaw. Yeah, yeah. We'll be there on the 19th and 20th uh, and, and bringing in all the kids from Canada and our, all of our kids. First time we've been able to do it in a couple of years, so we're excited to get that back and play again. It, it really is a spectacle when I – the one time I think I went, it amazed me how much the members of Watchtower got behind it and enjoyed it and rooted. It. And there's Canadian fans. Oh yeah, there are, are and, and, and they and they are they are in full support again. It's incredible. Yeah. They come out and they, they support financially. They support with their time. Um, they've really made it something special. They call themselves the ones that are really involved. You know what they call themselselves. The, the, Watch us all warriors. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. Yep. They uh and they they're proud of that. They, they are they take a lot of pride in that and good for them. They've they done are. a lot for golf. They've helped us raise it's a fundraiser for us, so it yeah. helps us, but it also gives those kids from Canada uh an opportunity to get down here for a couple of weeks and, and get their game going for the summertime. And there's been plenty of big names played through that. Now that's not what it's for, but it certainly is cool to hang your hat and it say really is. I it played really the is. same thing as so and so. Um, and then that, that Sunday of the weekend, this, like I said, the Sunday prior to this coming out, we're going to be at Lancaster Golf Club. Uh, we got our Caddy Classic event, another mm -hmm. junior event going on that Sunday. So that's a one-day, full-day event there. Uh, and then the day this comes out, uh, we've got the 40-plus down at the River Course down at North Augusta. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to that. It's filled up and um, – you know, continuing that series, we added an event in April. I, I think it's already filled, but we added the Reserve Club at Kiwi, which wow. is a late addition, and it filled up pretty quickly. It opened up just the other day. Um, and then the next weekend we come back, you know, our player series we've been talking about, that, that new junior series where they can earn points and kind of battlefield their way into the, to the major championships. Mm -hmm. We got that coming up the next weekend, which I think is the 26th and 27th at Fort Jackson. Nice. So – We'll have another another uh, seventy so players out there earning points and trying to work their way into the next events, and then we come right back from there on that Monday and Tuesday, the twenty eighth and 29th, and we'll be at Camden for our senior four ball. There you go, man. Yeah. So as I said, you know, buckle up, it's coming. Biff just reminded me of when I was a kid, the Micro Machines commercial when the guy would talk real fast and tell you where they're going. Yeah, I, I got to to get it all in there. I can get it, all, so I can get it faster and faster if you want me to. But uh, yeah, we we just got so much going on, and then you know we highlight it with the first week in April, uh, April the seventh. We're going to have our golf ball at yeah. the Alumni Center in Columbia. Again, if you if you get a chance, visit our website, the foundation website, scjgf.org. Uh, get you tickets. It is worth the price of a minutes. Yeah. Um, it's a great party, raffles, prizes, food, wine and dine you. It is a good time. It's a golf party. It's a 600 person golf party, and we can't wait to get it going again. I'll be there. Good. Look forward to having everybody there. So today we have Mr. Tommy Beershank Jr. I guess. Yes, I want to be Junior. correct. So uh, 
I'm going to say is buckle up and get ready. Yeah, this is good. Tommy's always good. He's got some great stories. Uh, man, you talk about a family that loves golf, and yeah. and and, and the, all, the three brothers themselves now are a part of it. So, uh, hope everybody enjoys. Together, the South Carolina Golf Association, the South Carolina Junior Golf Association, and the South Carolina Junior Golf Foundation strive to promote, preserve, and grow the game of golf in South Carolina. Through a combined effort, each association and the foundation work to support amateur golf, junior golf, and grow the game's initiatives throughout the state of South Carolina. Be sure to follow all three organizations on our social media handles for the latest and greatest updates and news. The My SCGA app is also a great way for all members to post scores, follow live scoring at SCGA Major Championships, and stay updated on all things SCGA. To follow live scoring of the SCJGA events, download the SCJGA app. Tommy Beershank, thank you for joining us. Off Thanks the for having me. Thank you for being here, my man. So, I don't know. There's so much we can cover with Mr. Beershank here. This could go for a long time, yeah. Let's just start at the beginning. You born and raised in, in Spartanburg. Spartanburg. And uh, your dad was in the golf business, correct? No, my dad uh, played around with uh, professional golf uh, for a little bit. He traveled with Tommy Mullinax. Oh, yeah, the trick shot artist. Remember. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, they I've seen together that. in Florida. And I was just an infant. Uh, and unfortunately, my dad's professional career didn't last long. Uh, because here he has my mom and a little baby down in Florida and try, trying to make ends meet and didn't have a lot of money to work with. Uh, but uh, So you're the oldest of the Beer Shank brothers. I am the oldest of three, yes. Followed by Robbie and Robbie's then the middle and Nick's the youngest. Yeah. Okay, so, but your dad was a golf instructor, no? No, sir. Oh. Instructed him a little bit. I was about to say, he taught you, yeah, did he? He taught all of us how to play. Okay. So to kind of make sense of everything, my grandfather played professional baseball, George Beer Shank. Um, around the age of 40 years old, he retired from baseball. And the story is he picked up golf, and within two years, he was a scratch player. Wow. So, um, and then, don't quote me on that, my dad will probably correct me, but <laughs> I think that uh, once my grandfather got started in the golf, my dad was, I think my dad started at 10. My grandfather said, hey, man, they want to teach you how to play golf. My, my grandfather was a great athlete. He was a boxer, wow. played professional baseball. So, anyway, my dad started at 10 years old okay. uh, and then was a good little junior player. Obviously, the junior program was back then, nothing like it is right. today. But um, had a, a decent amateur career, won the Spartanburg County Amateur three times, um, you know, and was just a, a good player. Okay. Never did stand out and then uh, taught all three of us how to play at the age of six. So where did you start playing? Where did you first play golf? It's called Shores Brook in Spartanburg. Okay. It's uh, been closed down since uh, probably 1980. Did it have it? Oh, 1980s when it closed 1980. down. 1980. Okay. I was born in 73. Right, right. So, And I can vaguely remember my dad going out there and playing matches. Yeah. You know, money matches or whatever with a bunch of good players. Uh, There's Barry, a lot of money matches in Spartanburg. Black, you know Barry oh, Black. I know Barry Black. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And so, and I remember barely remember me walking around with a club and my dad said hey just stay out of the way you, know, you go play golf and hit and that's where I started and then George Brook closed down and then um, my grandfather had a par three in Spartanburg a little par three course where we spent a lot of time huh. and then Peach Valley as well yeah we all remember Peach I Valley, remember Peach Valley. Smoke I remember that, you at Peach Valley 
um, I can't say enough about Ronnie Smoke. He he put up with uh, 10, 12 of us coming out there every day after school. You know, Champ Williams yep. and Robbie. And, wow. And uh, it was a, it, Ronnie's the reason why we were able to, you know, Ronnie develop our game. He, he, he was good. What kind of shenanigans did you do back then? Give oh us gosh, one story. Uh, well, now that you're Here's a course a owner story. yourself. So uh, <clears throat> it was our responsibility to put the car – actually, Brian Stone. Yep. Okay, oh, I just Brian. talked to him the other day. Did you really? So he was the, the pro out there at the time. Ronnie was gone. And uh, we came up with this crazy idea. We're going to go play hide-and-seek with the golf carts. Okay. So, so we left out about – shoot, I think we had about eight or ten golf carts that we were playing with. What we did, we got in the golf carts, and we separated went our own ways. But in order to play this game, you have to tag the other person in the golf cart. You'd be running. So, long story short, um, after running one into the lake, um, accidentally running wide open into a railroad tie and just destroying the front end of one, um, and flipping another one, nobody got hurt. Good. But the bad news is, is some neighbor around Peach Valley had called Ron, let him know there's some people out there on the golf carts at nighttime. Yeah. So by the time we figured out a way to limp these golf carts in and put them in the cart barn, and we'll just deal with it tomorrow. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Ronnie, as we were leaving in our cars, I was 15, 16 years old because I had my driver's license. As we were leaving, all of us, about four or five of us leaving, Ronnie was coming into mm-hmm. Peach Valley on two wheels. So, yeah, that was kind of one of the craziest things we've <laughs> done. Uh, and so we uh, – we had to weed eat for yeah pay your penance seems like two months yep. they made us weed eat for you gotta pay you gotta and he had to pay for those cars i mean we destroyed the front end of one and uh and had to get the next day we had to figure out a way had to get the tractor to get the other one in the lake and we were just kids having a good time and i appreciate the honesty about <laughs> telling that story this, this was towards the end of peach valley's days but uh i remember going there to measure a golf course measure the golf course and uh first time I've been on a golf course where I saw somebody with no shirt on playing golf and, and, and it was I think it was okay actually I mean nobody had any problems with it There's, Ronnie didn't mind as long as they <laughs> paid. playing golf pay, pay play golf but, uh, yeah you could go out there guys were playing with no shirt on carts didn't have a top on it yep but I will tell you this and you probably remember this that I bet you that back in the day in its prime that Peach Valley did more rounds than anybody in South Carolina hmm that's pretty good Y'all had a good group of Spartanburg around we here. We did, we did. I mean, all we those did. names, are still, a lot of them still in the business, been we in did. the business, been yeah. around it, played it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. All right, so junior golf. Tell me about, uh, you know, how'd you – obviously you won the junior championship and I want to get there, but tell me about growing up and maybe competing against your brothers. I know Nicky – Robbie's pretty close to your age. Yeah, Robbie's uh, four years younger than me. He was uh, okay. born in 77, and, so and I was in 73. What was Nicky? So, ooh. <laughs> We're getting yeah, close now. I'm, I'm, ten, I'm ten years older than okay. Nicky, so right. So there's a big age gap. You didn't get to compete against him. Tommy and I came through the junior ranks together because I was. Did We're the same age. And okay. I can tell you from my experience, compared to when you already said it, compared to today, there wasn't that much to play in. I mean, you had a handful of events that you went and played in as a junior, and they were the, they were the big ones, right? The right, CGA right. And, and you know, CGA my family, junior. my dad, my poor dad. <laughs> you know, he worked. Three jobs. Oh, did he? To give us an opportunity to play junior golf. Um, good story I can share with you guys. Uh, Lucas, when I was 
you don't see this these days, but uh, I was 15, 16 years old, and I had Robbie and Lucas Glover. It was Lucas Musselman back then. Mm-hmm. And Lucas's grandfather mm-hmm. would meet us at the tournament the next day, a lot of the time. Some of the times we were we spent three days at a golf tournament by ourselves, and my daddy would give me a credit card. Poor thing would have to pick and choose which credit cards. I don't know which one is going to work or not. So um, we would hit the road, and um, and Dick Hanley, his, his his grandfather, would meet us because uh, my mom was raising Nick. Yep. Um, it's hard for her to get to a lot of golf tournaments. So uh, we'd travel together uh, and get there and, and check in, play practice rounds, and we were just teenagers. You can't – they don't happen these days, right. teenagers traveling. Um, and I remember when we were together at, at – at, in Pinehurst, and I think both – I won the tournament. Robbie won his age division, and it was late at night. If you guys know Pinehurst and you're a teenager, and back then there wasn't Google Maps. Right. I got lost sure. coming out of Pinehurst, and I had to stop this store Into to call my mom, <laughs> put a quarter in the pay phone to call my mom, and it was long distance. I Actually, I think I had to call her collect. Yeah. In the meantime – Robbie has managed to lock the keys in the trunk wow. of the car. So uh, I'm lost. I'm 15, 16 years old with a little brother, you know, ready to get back home, you know, and I'm sure my mama was just so stressed out about us. But, uh, yeah, he, we broke it. I had to rip the back seat of my mom's car just to make Robbie go back there and get the dang keys. But I managed <laughs> to get back. I had this guy tell me how to get out of there you know we drew it on a thing well i mean that was um, back in the day when you know you, you, you go yeah. down here you turn left at the graveyard you hang right at the big oak tree I and mean, there was yeah. no gps and you yeah. had a fold yeah. map yeah. if you could figure it out yeah. i had a similar story leaving a uh spin doctor's concert at raleigh north carolina in late 90s missed i-95 ended up at wilmington mm. and uh just had to drive home from the beach basically i knew how to get home from the beach <laughs> but uh state junior where'd you win lexington yes sir Two in a row. Two years in a row. Tell me about Lexington and playing it back then. Do you ever hit one out of bounds on one? Do you remember? The par five? Par right. No, sir. I was a stud back then. <laughs> he won the championship, Alan. No he didn't knock thing. it out of bounds. There's no such thing as uh, hitting out of play. No, um, yeah, I do remember. It was some good old days back when your yeah. dad, well, he worked his tail off. He's, he did. Uh, he's done so much for Cyclone Golf Association and Junior Golf. but uh, Somebody says something about Country Club Lexington when we did those juniors back then, back in those days. That's when you – there were no water coolers on the first tee. When you went by the clubhouse, you grabbed a garden hose and you took a swig out the garden hose and you mm-hmm. went on to the next hole. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you guys are – man, that's a long time ago. That's ninety ninety one that you won yeah, junior. I mean, I'm old. 30, yeah. 30 years ago. But, yeah, I, it seems like back then when I was playing, I was just fearless. What kind you know, of clubs and balls were you hitting back then? I was hitting uh, McGregor Muirfields blades. Ugh. Loved bl- I loved them. <laughs> Did you have the J driver? That's when the J driver came out. Was in that time. I remember yeah. having the J driver, yeah. but uh, my dad, my dad, had acquired a uh, Jack Nicklaus persimmon head. Jack Nicklaus W two seventy one is when it was commemorative version. W two seventy one is when he sh- and when he won the Jack Nicklaus won the Masters. And his total was 271. Okay. And so my dad acquired this driver, and then he ended up putting a what they call a gamma fire insert into it. I don't know what that was. <laughs> back in the day. That was know. technology back then, baby. Oh, yeah. So I remember playing. I, my dad probably remember this more than I do, but I won numerous golf tournaments with that persimmon head driver. And oh, uh, I won a lot of golf tournaments. You know, the CG Carolinas Junior, two years in a row, I think. Yep. 
Yep. Um, so you were just hot. You were playing good. He was a stud oh, back then. I mean, he, you look on that Georgia yeah, team match pictures in our good. office, man. Yeah. You were there, baby. <laughs> I remember playing in the team matches. And my, my uh, half will tell you that my my attitude wasn't the best. <laughs> I couldn't stand it when I played bad or right. hit a bad shot. And I remember being in the – Jack Nance remembered this in the Carolinas. May have been Cyclone Georgia team matches. Could have been the Carolinas Virginia team matches. But I was playing a match and I broke my putter. They ended up beating the guy having a putt with a wedge. Nice. But, you know, I finally figured out down the road after I got chewed out by so many people, especially my dad, that my attitude wasn't going to take me anywhere. Well, that's hindsight. That's growing up. That's aging so, and that's an experience boy, I was there. getting mad. But, that, uh, man, so both both junior victories were at Lexington. For the SCGA, because yeah. that's when we were at Lexington every year for, right. for a long time. I mean, that was a long run. We had at Lexington, and then we started moving around here and there. Now, now we go back every five years. Uh, to Lexington, it tends to be every five years they have the storm of the century at Lexington when we go for that junior championship. But you also, you, so you finish that you junior career with the junior, the SCJ junior, CJ junior. Then you won the SCJ. You won our amateur in '92 uh, at the Windermere Club. Oh, really? And if I'm not mistaken, that was in August. We've always been in August. I believe in June they had the South Carolina Open there at Windermere, and they might have those were bent grass greens back then. And it might have burnt those greens up just a little bit. I don't know if you remember that or not. When you, I when do kind of remember. Through. Yeah, I kind of remember. And I remember what I shot, too. I shot yeah. 69, 65, 72, 74. Oh, wow. Huh. So that's 74 the last day I got. I was, I, been, I was running out. Jason Smoke. Is who you played with? Was Beat. the one that was fighting. Okay. Fighting for the championship. Um, coming down the stretch, you know, I wasn't playing my best, losing my momentum, just kind of holding it together. I made a couple of crazy mistakes. Um, and uh, I remember on 17, the par three, yep. he birdied it to get within one of me. And I knew, I was very conscious of where we stood because my dad was, was catting for me. Um, and then we got on the tee. Jason had the tee box on number 18, par five, with the water down the left. Yep, for yep. those of you who don't know, uh, Windermere's all water the down all left. the way down the left. <laughs> and it's a dog leg left, par five. So Jason hit, chooses to hit an iron off the tee. You know, he's, he's, got, he's, he's got to beat me. or He's, got to, he's one shot down, so right. he's got to attack this hole. And he hits this I – I think he hit a uh, – maybe this two iron went – 50 yards, laid the sod over it, wow. and just went in the water. Oof. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, dang. Now what? Well, it's over with now. Yeah. My dad used to teach me, if you got trouble left, you weaken that left hand. So I took a driver out because I wasn't scared. I turned my left hand over and weakened it. I hammered a daggum little cut up through there. There was a bunker up there. Yep. Hammered a cut. That's it. And uh, Jason dropped out and poked it down the fairway. And I got to my ball, just laid it up over there, you know, down there in, in the flat. And done deal. That was awesome. Game over. That was back when you got a blue jacket, wasn't it? I yeah. Think, I think I did get yeah. a blue jacket. Yeah. And I is, still have it. I think I wore it to my grandmother's funeral last year. Did you really? You really? still fit in it. Good for yeah, you. Well, I, did. <laughs> I, I did wear a blue jacket uh, last week. but I We did, got I rid of that. I think the last time we put a blue jacket on somebody, it was about 110 degrees outside, and I was sweating everywhere. It was horrible. Alex Hamilton, I believe. It might have been the last one, yeah, yeah. we put it into the blue jacket. But uh, you got one. Yeah. All right, it's so. somewhere. If, if I don't have it, my mom <laughs> definitely has. She's 
she's been a sweetheart with keeping all of our yeah, you know, little, bunch. little notebooks and, and paper clipping. She's kept up with every newspaper clipping. Um, That's she's got a pretty thick one. I was about to you say. Know, of all the stories and stuff through college. And then when I finally when I turned pro and won on the Hooters tour six times or something, there was write-ups. And Spartanburg Carroll Journal always did a great Covered job you. covering yeah. me and Robbie and the whole family. Well, you were 18 when you won the amateur, I believe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just now, just two years ago, I think uh, – Little Jonathan Grizz out of Hilton Head, sixteen years old, finally got that, I, yeah, that number I that, yeah. as far as being the youngest. But um, from there you went on to. Uh, did you ever play in the USGA at USAM? I did. Or? I played in two USAMs. Okay. Yeah, Pumpkin Ridge and Cog Hill. In fact, uh, if I remember correctly, you you had a pretty pretty tough opponent in one of those, didn't you? That was the U.S. Junior at nineteen ninety one at Bay Hill. Okay, and who 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 finally took you out of that? Some dude named Tiger Woods. That's what I thought. Really? I, yeah. I never knew that. Um, so You had him down for a while, didn't you? We were standing on 16 tee box, um, and I had him, uh, Christian Williams. You remember him? I remember that One name. of my best buddies. He yeah. was my mentor growing up, like a big brother to me, and he was caddying for me. And uh, Tiger and I both were – or I was – I think I was four under at Bay Hill. Tiger was two under at this point on 16 tee. And I had him – I got an article that uh, we wrote, and then Tiger was quoted as saying it was the toughest match I had. But um, I had him two down with three to go. And he blocked it off 16T in the right rough. I piped it down the middle. He whacks it down the fairway, and he has an eight iron. You know, and I lay it up, and I got a little, I've got 100 yards just over the water. He hits an eight iron to the back shelf of number 16 at Bay Hill. And I'm thinking, man, you know, got it. I, I got this thing. I hit a sand wedge to eight feet, and this is the honest truth. Now, we get up there, and I'm lining up, you know, my eight footer walking around, not paying much attention to Tiger. And back then, he was 15 years old. Wow. And um, he gets over this putt, and it's down the hill, over the ridge. I'm sure breaking, and I swear I'm the first one to ever see that, see Tiger do a fist pump. <laughs> that 30-footer went in the hole, and he did that yep. signature fist pump. And and I, what went through my mind, I can't say. I, like, uh, man. That man. little pump. Uh, yep. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like a wet booger, you won't go away. I mean, I'm trying to daggum pin you down. I missed my 8-footer. So we go to 17-T box, and he's one down. Yep. He hits a 5-iron to a foot. Mm-hmm. I hit a 5-iron to about 20 feet. I miss it. Now we're even. So he's got the tee on 18. He hits it in the left rough. I hit it down the middle. And my ball obviously rolled out, you know, being in a fairway. So he was the first to hit. He hits his towering seven iron or whatever he hit. Barely covered the rocks and rolled up to two feet. It's just meant to be. And then, yeah, just he went birdie, birdie, birdie on me. I, and that's why he's one of the greatest ever, right? I mean, at the age so, of 15, he could show you that. But, I mean, what a, what a heck of a story, though, man. I mean, the, one of the greatest birdie, ever. Birdie, birdie, birdie. Well, how did you get recruited to Clemson? Larry Penley. He right. pursued me. Um, the guy's a great coach. We had a great relationship. Um, you know, at that very event, um, he was there watching me. Okay. Um, and Mike Holder. Yep. Head coach at Oklahoma State. Yep. Had gotten letters from him. He was pursuing me a lot of – you know, I had letters from all kind of big schools, full ride, anywhere I wanted to go. And I remember having a meeting. 
uh, with Mike Holder right after I played. You know, I agreed that I was going to sit down and have lunch with him after I got done playing that match. And uh, speaking of Larry, <laughs> uh, I was in there eating lunch, and I could see Larry outside the window pacing back and forth, <laughs> pacing back and forth. And Larry thought that he had me. He had me. Oh, he'd been time. watching I'm you for years. I'm just wasting my time yeah, yeah. with Mike Holder. And I'm in there talking to Mike, you know, son, you're a good player. You're a, golf, you're a great golfer. We would love to have you at Oklahoma State. But there's one problem. Your grades. Mm. We've got an issue with your grades. We're not going to tolerate you coming to school and, and barely getting by. You've got, you've got a 2.1 GPA, and we don't tolerate that. School comes before golf. So I'm sitting there thinking, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> golf comes before school. But I remember looking outside of Bay Hill, you know, outside the dining area, and I could see Larry just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And I didn't think much about it. But when we got done, what was the meeting like? I told Coach, I said, I don't like him. He's intimidating. I mean, so you – I said, dude, let's just – Come to my mom. Let's set up a date. You just come to my mom and daddy's house and let's sign the papers. I'm. There's no way I'll choose to go anywhere else but Clemson. It's awesome. an hour down the road. Yep. It's easy to get to from Clemson. I'm not going to be too far from my mom. Yep. Um, whole family's a Clemson fan. Love Larry Penley. Program is awesome. I mean, Larry's been watching you for years, oh, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, everything yeah, you yeah. had going on and doing. Yep. Now, who was when you were at Clemson? Uh, you were there from what ninety. One to ninety two to ninety six. I let So when I came in, it was Danny Ellis. Yep. It was Bobby Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Nikki Getz. Oh yeah. Mike Bice. Old Bice. Mark Swaggart. Nice. Pretty good squad. Yeah. I forgot about Swaggart being on Clemson team. He was my roommate. Was he really? Yeah, Did my... he talk? He never talks. Not much. Okay. No. He keeps to himself. You yeah. got to watch out for him quite well. Had people. two amateur champions as roommates because Swigert won the amateur championship too. Uh, That's true. That's true. What year that was, but he was down there too. Did you enjoy your time at Clemson? Uh, too much. Too much. <laughs> I can say this. I'm not embarrassed about it. I, uh, I got put on academic probation after my first semester. I think I had a 1.7, and I never opened a book. But you made it all four years. Well, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I had to learn my lesson because they stuck me in study hall, and I could not get out of study hall mm-hmm. until I re- retained a 3.0 GPA. Wow. So I finally graduated from Clemson with almost a 3.0. Yeah, good for you. So man. I climbed back up. I mean, you know, it scared me because I was could potentially lose my scholarship. Right. But that first semester, yeah, I, I had a good time. I think it happens to a lot of us. Yeah. I had a good time. <laughs> so, so we won't want to get into any college uh, stories. No, no, okay, no. with me and Danny Ellis rooming together, and mm-hmm. Swagger yeah, won yeah. in '94, by the way, at Musgrove. Okay. Uh, so your your time up until the PGA Tour from Clemson was it all mini tours? Oh, I played at Web.com for seven years. Oh, I know that, but I'm yeah. saying the Hooters. Yep, you did the Hooters. Well, I started out when I first turned pro in ninety, call it ninety eight. Went okay. to Q School, um, missed it, uh, and then started playing the Hooters tour. Back then it was a teardrop tour. Okay. Or that was, no, it wasn't the teardrop tour, but teardrop tour was one of my options, if yeah. y'all remember that. Mm-hmm. Then the Hooters tour, uh, and then played there. I remember the good story is my daddy's the one that taught me in a turning pro because my college career wasn't too good. Um, so he taught me in a turning pro after I graduated, and I remember telling my dad, he said, no, nah, I'm I can't compete with them guys, man. I really don't want to play golf. You know, I've done what I've done, and 
Oh, dude, you can't. You, you've got to turn pro and go try it. And somehow or another, my daddy talked me into turning pro. And my first event was at, in Columbia. Crick and Tree. Yeah, at Crick and Tree. Yep. What a great golf course that was. And a power built. <laughs> it was the power built tour. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. my memory's getting. You're doing my, pretty I'm good doing for pretty the old good. man. Yeah. Power built tour. My daddy paid my entry fee. Mm-hmm. I'll cry. <laughs> I finished second. Wow. And nice. uh, found some confidence. God, probably. Well, I, my my back was against the wall. I'm like, I'm. I ain't got to play for a team no more. Yep. I was yeah. scared in college to let my team down. Sure. You know, individual golf, you ain't letting nobody down but yourself. Right. It's hard to explain, but, you know, I didn't – I don't like – I didn't enjoy playing team golf too much, you know, because I was scared to death to let my team down. That makes sense. So, I got in that first event at Crick and Tree. My dad paid the entry fee, and I finished second. And from that point forward, I had a – Operating budget. I could, I put that money back. I think I won forty five hundred bucks or something for second. Wow. First place was nine thousand. Yeah, and uh, and we took that money and went on, went on, um, and just kept going. I had a guy, my dad, one of my dad's friends, uh, a guy named Jerry Wilhite, paid for my Q school. And finally, in nineteen ninety nine, no, excuse me, this in ninety eight, went to Q school, and beat Kevin Johnson in a playoff for uh, an alternate position to have conditional status on the Nike Tour. Wow. So the first event I ever played in on the Nike Tour was in Greenville at the BMW. Oh, really? Charity Pro-Am back when it was at Verde. Yep. Yep. So I had conditional <laughs> status on the Nike Tour in 1999. And then 99, I went back to Q School and made it through and had full status starting in 2000 on the, what was that, the Buy.com Buy. Tour. Yeah. Oh, yep. And Q school back then was, was it six rounds? Was it six rounds that you had to do for Q school to get through? I can't well, remember. You had the first final stage, stage, you had second that's stage, right, and stages, you had third stage. Stages, yes. That's right. So final stage was six rounds. Six rounds for the final yep. stage. It's, Man. So you you hung out there on the we'll call it the web.com at that time. Oh boy, you you guys, I mean, we I got so so many stories. Yes, yeah, so I had status from you know, once I went through Q school, um, I had a great year in two thousand. Okay. You know, I almost got my card, yeah. but didn't. And I played 2000 through 2003, lost my status, went back and played on the Hooters Tour in 2004. I think I had a pretty good year in 2004 um, and won a couple times on the Hooters Tour. Yeah. And uh, went to Q School, missed out of Q School, didn't get my status. And kind of was a little bit tired of traveling. Got three and four year old at home. Yeah. Wife's raising kids, Life's so changing. I laid it down. I, yep. I, I took a break from it and went and worked on a farm. I was a farm hand for five hundred dollars a week. That went with Patton, was it? Uh, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. That's a gentleman by the name of Dale Zell. He okay. had a nice farm. Um, I think it was in Polk County or somewhere like that. Beautiful farm. Had horses and llamas and, and no, alpaca, not yeah. llama. Alpaca, because <laughs> I remember we had to put an alpaca down one time. You don't, you just mm -hmm. suffocate them with a pillow. Oh, huh. So that was a learning experience for me, uh, going to work every day and, and, and working my tail off. Uh, and in that same period, um, I used to hang out with Justin Converse and, and Lee Mason, those guys at Spartanburg Country Club. And Justin can tell you this story. 
Um, I was out there now still. I, let, I took a break from golf. So I've got no expectations. I go play golf, boy, I could, I could light it up. So I was playing at Spartanburg Country Club, and uh, I missed an eight-footer eight on number 18 to shoot 59. Oh, wow. And Justin says, why are you on the farm? You, you, you work on a farm? Are you kidding me, Junior? You need to come in my office Monday. You're getting back out there playing golf. Yeah. So I've worked on this farm for nine, ten months. But yeah, I've learned my lesson. I need to go play golf. <laughs> so I did. I met with him, and we put together a, a, a little deal, LLC, and had partners with it to get me some money because I didn't have much. Me and my yeah. family, you know, my poor, poor daddy worked three jobs to right. to uh, put us through our junior career. Um, and so he got me back, and that's when – there wasn't any turning back. Got me back out there. I had financial support, and finally got my status back on the. Now it's done changed names from Buy.com to Nationwide. Yeah. Okay. Um, and went back out there, and and you finally got to the big leagues. Was it? Uh, let's see, in 2011. 2011. In 2010, uh, in Q School, um, that six rounds we were in Orlando, Florida, at uh, Orange County National. And I was fighting hard. Ricky Sullivan was my swing coach, and he was letting me know. He said, you've got to grab one more birdie to get your status on the PGA Tour. I ended up missing it by one shot. Wow. I remember coming out of the trailer, signing my scorecard, and my wife was standing there. I'm sorry. Because I was kind of tired. Of, I was stuck on yeah. the web.com tour. Um, I come out of the trailer and say, I'm sorry. And I just started crying because I'm thinking, man, I just fought so hard. I want my – to yeah. be on the PGA Tour. Yep. So I had to go play the Web.com Tour another year. And then in 2011, Q School, went to Q School, cruised right through. Nice. I finished third, as a matter of fact. And after finishing third, you got full status. Sweet. Um, so I had full status out there. Uh, made the first three cuts. Uh, I think I, the first round was 74 in Hawaii at Sony Open. Second round was 67. Mm. Took me a little bit sure. because I was a little bit nervous. I was finally out here on the PGA Tour. I worked all my life to get here. The nerves were different than the corn fair, you know, the buy.com. Shouldn't have been, but they were. Yeah. Like finally, all this hard work I put in all my life has paid off, and I'm finally here. Yeah. And that's the reason why I lost my status because I was trying to play perfect golf. Yeah. You know, Zach Johnson was a good friend of mine. We played a lot of practice. Right? He would tell me, take a break, dude. You need to take a week off. And I told him, I said, I can't afford to take a week right, off. Right, So we had a good experience out there and uh, got to know David Duvall a lot, played a lot of practice rounds with him. and Getting ready to make his senior tour debut, I believe. Is he really? Yeah. That's good. Um, completely different element situation from the from that uh, web.com to the PGA Tour. I mean, just a whole, whole different environment. You have to kind of learn your way around a little bit. As far as no, I mean you know it's uh I made through the years I made a lot of friends on the web.com tour, um, and then friends on the PJ tours few and far between. Right, you know, really? um, Kyle Thompson was out there uh, the same he was a rookie the same year I was uh, William McGirt. Yeah, um, and then you know other players like David Duvall and Zach Johnson kind of took me in and we hung out. Um, but it's a dog eat dog world out yeah. there. It's yeah. a dog. It's a business, right? What it is, and it's. I tell you what, it's pretty daggum cool. When you're a player on the PJ Tour, you can get anything you want. Really, anything. It's just a phone call away. You yeah. know, I had a management group. 
Um, same group that works with Jay Haas and Bill Haas. What a great group. And I'm trying my best to talk Jacob Bridgman into signing okay. up with nice. them. Nice. Yep. Yeah. And so I got a couple studs. You know, Trent Phillips and Jacob, yeah. they're getting ready to turn pro. Um, so uh, and I'll tell you what, they, they've got a bright future ahead of them. I've been waiting on that for about so, eight years now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, I, hey, listen, I told both of them, I said, don't be in a hurry turning pro because them boys can play out there. Yeah. Well, those so, two can play uh, those yeah. themselves. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity from all that I've learned through golf to be able to give back to not only both Jacob and Trent, the boys I've been working with since they were 12 yeah. 12, 13 years old. Chloe, uh, who's in college. Chloe Holder, my little goddaughter. Yeah. Um, she's got a bright future. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing now, you know, running. So after, after the 11th season, though, so you lost your card. Uh, did, you, did, you, did you keep on? Did you play another game? Oh, anymore? so, yeah, I, sorry. I got distracted no, talking right. about it. No, sorry. We're going to get there. <laughs> um, so, yes, I did. I, lose my, I lost my, my status on the PJ Tour. So, obviously, you got to go back um, to the web.com tour. Yep. And so started the season there and uh, struggling a little bit, um, missing cuts by a shot, and just my game just – I was tired. Sure, you've been out you there You know, I was tired. Um, and uh, BMW Charity Pro-Am, and you can ask Charles about this later, um, BMW Charity Pro-Am at Chanticleer on the third day. And that was a three-day cut okay. because it's a Pro-Am format. Right. Three-day cut, and the third day was at Chanticleer. And uh, I was four under going into the third day. I knew the cut's going to be nine or whatever. I got to take it deep at Chanticleer. So Charles was watching me on the back nine. He said, Tommy, dude, you got to grab a birdie. The cut has gone to ten under par. And I was already five under. Mm. So I did. I grabbed a birdie. I fought hard and grabbed a birdie. And uh, got to ten under par. Got in, signed my card, and Justin Converse was there. That's a good plan, Junior. You know, you, you fought hard. That's the way we got to get it. We're going to get this thing turned around, and you're going to have a good day tomorrow. Then next week you're going to go play, and, you know, we're going to get – you know, everybody goes in a slump. So I was – I worked my tail off just to grab that last bird and make the cut. I left, and on my way home, Justin called me. He says, Junior, you won't believe this. He said the cut went to 11 under par. Mm. And so at the time, the PGA Tour had an app for us. We could put up live score and everything. And I'm going down to I-85. I'm a very emotional person. And I pulled up that app. I said, Justin, there ain't no way it went to 11 under. I thought we looked at it, and there's no way for it to move. Well, there's this one guy that did this right now, and the cut went to 11. I pulled up that, and sure enough, the uh, cut went to 11 under par. <laughs> and I was tired. You know, just practicing all the time. I was a range rat. I just put my phone down after looking at the cut going to 11 under. Well, it ain't going back to 10. It's right. done. Yep. I started crying. And I started praying. Lord, guide me to do the right thing. I, I'm i tired. You know, give me the right – give me the answer for what I need to do in life. You know, marriage is not the best because I've been traveling all my life. My wife – Raised the kids pretty much on her own. So I decided then I quit. I've done it for 15 years, and I finally made it to the PGA Tour, and I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. And so I got home, and my wife's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I see where you played awfully good today, but I just now saw where the cut went to 11. Just, you know, it's okay. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. And I said, I quit. 
Oh, I've heard that before. No, I do this time. I, I quit. And I'm I'm at peace with it. Right. I'm at peace. No more competitive golf for me. I'm done. I'm tired of the traveling. I'm tired of the having to deal with delayed flights, canceled flights, broken golf clubs, living out of a hotel room. I don't want to scare the people that are trying to play hey, professional yeah. golf. <laughs> it's <laughs> not all – not ro- it's not all, you know, for somebody that doesn't have the money to have his own private jet and fly his family. Yeah. I was the type of guy that, you know, I was, it was me and my caddy, and my yeah. wife had a job at home in Spartanburg and hadn't developed my game enough where I was making so much money I could fly around right. private and stuff. It was tough flying commercial. But so that was the last time, the last competitive round I played was 66 at Chanticleer. I'll be darned. So what? It's tough for me to keep all the beer sinks and golf channel straight. What? How many shows have you been on the golf channel? Were you on Big Break? No, Robbie you, was the you know the big Big Break star. He was on Big Break uh, three times. Okay, uh, and then they had a Big Break reunion, which I caddied for him, but down at Reynolds Plantation. But you were on that Top Golf Shot Makers. Shot Makers. Shot yeah. Makers. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was on Shot Makers. When was that? In two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I think that's what I looked at. Uh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so we were invited. To, uh, they had put, they had come up with this concept, and we had to sign a non-disclosure. I mean, we can't discuss it with anybody. Mm-hmm. That we got a phone call from, from the Golf Channel, and they're putting a show together. And they right. told us about how me and Robbie, we want you and Robbie to be partners. And then things twisted I up say, with y'all the weren't. script. No, yeah. they wanted the the teams to be a guy girl. Yep. And um, I remember, you know, we we. Agreed to it. We do it. They pay us to fly out to Vegas. We're going to do this show. We can't talk to nobody. They're going to record this thing in a week, 10 episodes or something like that. And uh, I remember <laughs> poor old Robbie. You know, this is what, you know, I'm working. Yeah. I'm running two golf say, courses. I, I hadn't touched a golf club. Right. And Robbie's at it legacy every day hitting ball. He's like, hey, Chief, man, you better dad going to practice or you're going to embarrass yourself. I said, I figured out when I get out there, Robbie. I got crap going on. I got golfers, and I got I'm running two golf courses. He coming out there, and I'm helping him, giving him lessons, and trying to get him dialed in. <laughs> so I remember him standing. I didn't touch the golf club. I wasn't really worried about it. Right. Like, I'll figure it out. I'm sure they'll give us time to hit a few balls, and I'll I'll find some type of groove. And poor old Robbie worked his tail off and got so worked up, lost in the first episode. He was a nervous wreck. <laughs> And I just went under no expectations. I think we got beat in the sixth or seventh episode yeah. or something. <laughs> both my partner and I, she and I both, uh, kind of lost some momentum. You, you you miss the grid, and your uh, your opposing team hits it. Right. And then you, you miss another one. Oh, boy, you're getting a little bit so far behind, you can't catch can't up. Catch up. You can yeah. get eliminated. Uh, but I was rooting for you. Pretty I cool experience, though, right? Yeah, it was a cool experience. All right, so you just mentioned it now. So now – Tommy Beershank today. We got two different golf courses. You've been part of these two, not not at the same time. When was the first golf course? Was it Legacy? Legacy Pines. Yep. And so I was uh, the business development manager at the Cliffs. Okay. Uh, took a job there, dressed up in a sport coat, and I was, mm-hmm. you know, my job was to sell members, help sell memberships and promote the place and put together corporate outings. About my fourth month in there, um, I got a phone call from a buddy of mine that was a he jazz shriner. Yep. You know, the he jazz owned mm-hmm. the place until last year. Right. Um, so he said, Hey, Tommy, he said, well, you know, we got this golf course, a shriner, he jazz, 
and we're just tired of running it. You're in the golf business. Do you know of anybody that would want to buy the golf course, lease it from us? We're, we're done. We're button heads. Nobody wants to run it, and we don't want it to shut down. So I met with them and uh, met with them and got thinking, man, dang, this is a cool opportunity right here. You know, I got to know them pretty good. I said, I'll do a deal with y'all and run it. I'll come run the thing for you. You know, let's let's come up with a lease. Now I can't share this on the radio, but I I got them to agree to a killer deal. So wow. we only had twenty. They only had twenty seven members. So got in there, got to running the golf course and learning the ropes. I left the cliffs, and uh, wasn't but a couple months later, I'm thinking, man, I want to buy this place. So I ended up getting it under contract for a pretty good bit of right, money, $2.6 million contract, and got it under a six-month contract and put a business plan together. Uh, I remember my wife being so mad at me because I spent $30,000 in due diligence money. Mm-hmm. I had a housing plan because it was zoned R15, which is residential. This is a golf course, 254 acres with a golf course that you could build houses around it. Problem is, I had it under contract for two point six million dollars. I ain't got two point six million dollars, right? <laughs> so, but I got six months to go find the money. So I did that. I there took my go. plan, and, and I went out, solicited people, investors, and said, "Hey, I got this idea, and I'm in control here. I got this thing under contract. If you want to play this game with me, then come on. You know, we'll hammer out a deal." So after meeting with four, five, six different investors, I stumbled across Anthony Anders, which is a developer. He's out of Easley. And uh, he agreed to come on board with me, you know, and, and partner up with me to take this golf course. And we finally closed on the property uh, last year. And yeah. we got plans now, obviously, you know, through a uh, few years ago, the clubhouse burnt down. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. See, we were leasing. It was better for us to lease the golf course from the Hejaz because it was cheap lease as opposed to us purchasing the property and having to pay taxes on it because we had the first right of refusal on the property. So the burning down of the clubhouse is what initiated all that, the the sale of it. They said, no, we're not building back the new clubhouse. We're going to put the... We're going to put the property on the market. And we had the first right of refusal. Right. So put a number together, and we ended up closing on it last year. So now we've got a new clubhouse going in, great plans. Um, Anthony and I both are excited about, excited about the future. We're going to build uh, custom homes. Okay. Not these uh, cookie-cutter cookie homes. Yeah. This is going to be, it's going to be pretty dang nice. nice. It's going to be a gated community. We're at 275 members. I think, and I'm going to cut it off at 300 Now, it is semi-private. Yeah. Really don't have any plans on going to private. Um, kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, so, Do you do all the Green's work? I uh, see no, you out David there. David Green. Okay. David Green's been there for 24 years. But you get out there and do a lot of work yourself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I love yeah. I love getting in the skid steer and getting out and outside. I, I can't stand being in an office and dealing with paperwork and paying bills and, you know, I want to be outside doing something. I'm just an outside person. When did you bring on The Rock? Well, um, a year and a half after Anthony and I partnered up, he come to me and says, what do you know about The Rock? 
you know anything about this golf course up in Pixie called The Rock? I said, yeah, I know a little bit about it. It's been years since I played it. He said, I think I can get a good deal in that place. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of deal are you talking about? He said, he told me a number like, holy cow. Okay. What's the, how can you get it that cheap? They just, they closed it down. Let's ride up there and check it out. So I went up there with him, checked it out. We rode around the golf course in the truck. Yeah. Because they didn't have no carts. Sure. They turned everything in. Doors are locked, and we met the guy up there, a guy named Dr. Walton, 82 years old now. And he had it for several years. And weeds in the fairway, poana, whatever, bad shape. And he said, and Anthony asked me, what do you think it's going to take? I said, well, let's go check out the irrigation. I had David Green with us and uh, had the power turned on to the pumps. The irrigation was shot. They capped off so many heads. Instead of fixing them, they just cap them off. So it took us, we ended up buying the place, and we sprayed out all the fairways, put in brand new Tiff Eagle Greens, um, and then uh, went through the irrigation and got the irrigation back up and running, and it took us eight months to get it, the golf course playable. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there, wasn't there a big flood that came through there not oh, long after you got involved? Because, I mean, yeah, you, you got the legacy, then the clubhouse burns down, or the bur- burns down and you got the legacy. Now you got the rock and you now you got a flood of the century that came well, through there. When I first took over uh, Legacy Operations at Legacy, it rained for two straight months. <laughs> My wife is like, what, are we doing? what have you gotten into? <laughs> I thought you said you was going to make money. You're spending money. <laughs> Here's a good story, I'll, I'll tell you. We had to keep an operating budget in the bank for payroll and this, that, and the other. I took my last $5,000 out of the bank to make payroll. Mm-hmm. Now, Anthony had to do the same thing. Right. But I took my last $5,000 out. And I, I, I even called Anthony. I said, that's all the money I got. And, but, but that was because two weeks later, we started – Turning enough revenue, staying afloat, and then then it started going. So it was a rough start. But, yeah, to answer your question, both golf courses flood. So at Legacy, you've got the Reedy River, and it connects with the Conacy Stream at the bottom of the golf course down there at number six. When those two streams meet with enough flow, it just backs up on the golf course. Mm. And so, yeah, holes underwater, and you just have to wait for it to dissipate. And then the worst it's ever done is – um, two years ago is when we had to get out there in the middle of number 16 fairway with skid steer tractors to get two foot of sand, river sand, off the fairway. I'll never forget, I called you about something, and, and you were on that skid steer. I said, what you up to, Bo? I'm on the skid steer moving sand right now. I said, okay, <laughs> yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And in the rock, um, it doesn't flood as bad as Legacy. Okay. Uh, it's got a nice, beautiful stream that comes down to mountains through the golf course. Uh, and then there's a mouth that it, everything comes to behind number three green. And then that um, gate that we have to open, it's a big, like, huh. pipe that we open right. for all the water. When we have a big rain coming in, we have to open it. Yeah. But even that, it's not big enough. When it rains, it'll get number three underwater. Uh, and all the silt and everything mm-hmm. is on the green, and it looks bad for people never seen it, and you'd want to panic. But we get out there and we hook up our hose, a couple hoses to the quick connect, and that's that irrigation, and those pumps running. That's some pretty good pressure, yep. kind of like a fire hose, yep. and that's how we clean off the greens with the silt. We get out there with lutes, and we we wet the silt and we push 
push all the mud, and the mud is is up on the green. It's right. not just water. You know, thinking, oh, it's, it's you know, you're flooded. That's just water. It'll go away. It's no, it brings in silt, trash, debris, everything. Well, so, with the with owning these golf courses now, and and in the business aspect of things, what it's also allowed you to do is kind of kind of work your magic with some of these juniors and these kids that are coming through now, right? Doing some teaching. Some of you, some of you, some of these kids right. that are playing golf. Some of these juniors. Tell us about some of the ones that you've kind of worked with and made a difference. In right. Them. Well, in um, back when, um, as a matter of fact, I forgot to mention this that when I uh, when I first quit, I was the director of instruction at the Country Club of Spartanburg. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, about that time, um, you know, I was hanging out at Woodfin Ridge a lot because I lived there in Bowling Springs, right. friends with Craig Sims, the owner of the place, and um, and I stumbled across Trevor Phillips. Trent Phillips got to know them, and their dad wanted me to help them out. So I started with Trent and Trevor. They had to have been 10, 11 years old or right. whatever, uh, and then started working with them. And um, and then got Jacob Brisbane from Woodfin Ridge, a couple of good players that came out, out of Woodfin, Woodfin Ridge. Right about them. So I started working with them. They were, like I said, they were 11, 12, 13 years old. Um, and then all of a sudden – through their success, I guess parents started calling me up. Hey, Tommy, I'd love for you to work with my kid. You know, can you work with my son? Can you work with my son? I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. And now, um, after all these years, I'm working with a pretty solid stable mm-hmm. of golfers. Now, I don't, I don't do lessons. I don't advertise. I don't promote myself because I really don't have time to right. do it with having to run two golf courses. But I've got uh, a stable of uh, – about 10 solid players. Nice. Got a couple of professionals I'm, I'm working with. Chloe Holder, uh, full scholarship down in Augusta. Obviously, you know, we know that, that Trent's had a great career. I'm um, getting ready to graduate from, from Georgia yep. and turn pro. Uh, and Jacob Brisbane getting ready to turn pro. And we were already talking about, you know, how they're going to handle the professional scene, uh, you know, and um, keeping, keeping their a small circle. Because when you're out there playing professional golf, everybody wants to be your friend. Yeah. You know, keeping, you know, their immediate family in their circle, their girlfriend or whatever, their swing coach, um, and just keeping it simple. Nice. Um, Not idiots <coughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, um, uh, it's an honor. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be able to give back for these kids to lean on me. And it goes beyond uh, fundamentals. You know, you've heard people say that golf is 80% mental, 85% mental. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. You know, I get these guys dialed in. All their strength, all their swings, uh, their swings are fundamentally sound, that they are good. I mean, granted, they wouldn't be as good as they are if they didn't have the talent. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm referring to, to Jacob and, and, and Trent. Yeah. Um, they both are very, very talented, but uh, – I'm able to give back to them my experiences, teach them, you know, from what I've learned through professional golf, and yeah. and um, I got to learn how to handle their emotions out there because when they step out in the real world, which which is when I refer to when I say real world, like Web.com tour, yeah. um, Corn Fairy tour now, yeah, yeah. which changed up. names yeah. five times since yeah. I've been out there, <laughs> and I've told them I said, boys, you get out there, it's a different story then boys can play yep that's what they do it's a job so well i've always um, said if you, if you can't beat everybody around you here you don't need to be going out there quite yet to try <laughs> no. to do everything and the thing there. is is you know these when after traveling um all those years and playing these golf courses especially on the pga tour the uh 
nationwidetourweb.com, the Corn Fairy Tour, those golf courses are not that big, meaning what they do is they grow the rough up, right. you know, slicking up the greens, and that's all they got. But the schedule with the PGA Tour, the Torrey Pines, the Rivieras, these are big golf courses. Right. And after you're on the road for a while playing these big golf courses, you come home and the thorn blades and the all these nice clubs around here, they're nothing. Right. I mean – Pitch and putt almost. Pitch and putt, yeah. Thorn yeah. blades, nothing. I mean, back in my prime and, and when Charles was playing, Lucas – um, Bill Haas, all these guys, Thorn Blades, you go around through there, and if you don't shoot better than 66, you huh? like Spartanburg Country Club. Yep. You know, when I was in my prime, Justin Converse, Lee Mason, I'll tell you that I probably averaged 65 out there. Right. It was nothing. <laughs> but you get on the PGA Tour, the, the Torrey Pines, like I said, they some big golf courses. I'm talking about hammer driver, and you still got a six iron left. Wow. Wow. You that, know, and, and it's, that's every hole. It doesn't let up. Yeah. That's me every day at Columbia Country Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I got to tell you, Tommy, this has been fascinating. I mean, you know, you're one of the prime examples of what our Junior Golf Association has done from back in the day. And they were just getting started. I mean, they started in 1990. So you were kind of one of the first classes of that Junior Golf Association. And like I said before, there wasn't as much to play in now then as it is now. I mean, there's – these kids today could play in a golf tournament every every day of the summer and almost every day during the year. So, um, but to watch what you've done coming through is your your playing ability, uh, your professional uh, uh, status within the industry, and and then what you've done with these some of these kids and working with them. I mean, it's you've come full circle, man. And it has been an honor to watch and be a part of and, and to watch and to, and to call you an alumni and a, and a friend with all this. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And then once again, you know, to mention your dad. I mean, he's the reason. He's the reason why South Carolina has had a bunch of – developed a bunch of good players. No doubt about you know, it. And we can just make a list of players out of South Carolina. Um, I will put the past 20 years of graduates coming out of South Carolina against any other state. Yeah. It's strong. Um, it is very strong, and it all because of HAP. It took HAP. Um, it took a lot of other good people to do it. Charlie Roundtrees and a lot of people that are involved are still involved today, which is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty, pretty yep. cool. Cool. It is pretty cool, and just grateful for the for everything that your family and has done, and, and the SCGA. You guys are continuing to to work hard and get better, and it's great because they, without you working hard and and giving back to these juniors, um, you know where's golf going to be in the future? You know, yeah. it's yeah. we've got to uh, continue to grow this game. We, we're we're lucky in South Carolina between golf course owners such as yourself, uh, the the, the industries, SCGA, the, the superintendents, we're all working for the same goal, which is just to grow the game. And I think South Carolina right. far ahead a lot of other And places. the good thing is I think the, the game is, is sustaining itself. We're, we're getting more and more people uh, interested in playing, and we just got to keep it fun. Yep. got to keep it fun. Well, Tommy, thank you for joining us. Oh, yeah. Thanks I, for having me. I enjoyed learning everything about you. Now, there's so much more. I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. We'll be yeah. back. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah.